Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. In the studio tonight, it's Ian. Matt. By the way, I want to welcome any new viewers uh, tonight. We are on a platform I just discovered recently. Uh, It's called pilled.net. And you would think it means red-pilled, but their logo has both a red and a blue like a double-sided pill where oh. one side's red, one side's blue. I haven't really taken the time to look at the uh, the other broadcasters here, but just at a glance, it does look like it might be a little bit right-leaning, uh, which is totally fine, whatever. As long as they don't kick us off, then, right. then that's cool. <laughs> Any port in a storm at this point, right? Yeah, um, and we are off of YouTube at this point. Uh, they should be, maybe we'll be unstri- uh, unstricken within the next week or so, but you yeah. know, we, we just... There's no uh, no stability over there. You can't rely on YouTube for anything. Absolutely not. So uh, so we're there, and we're also on several other platforms uh, on the video in the video world. You can go to video.lrn.fm. You get the full list there. Of course, we still uh, prefer Odyssey, and we'll be watching carefully this uh, next not quite next week, but two weeks. Uh, there's going to be a hearing for the library company LBRY.com, mm. which is likely going to be going out of business shortly because the SEC. Securities and Exchange Commission has targeted them, uh, and they won their lawsuit, unfortunately. The, huh. the SEC won the, the lawsuit, and so now they're doing the uh, what they call the settlement phase, where they're coming up with some coerced agreement, uh, which is basically going to bankrupt library, put them completely under. And uh, the scary part is they're now going after Odyssey. They're saying, the SEC is saying... Well, we think Odyssey's related to you guys, because at one time it was, and then they spun it off into its own separate company. But you guys were once related, so therefore we want to destroy Odyssey as well. They are really, really the biggest scumbags on the planet. They yeah. are the worst people that there are. Like, yeah, how, the SEC. how awful... I don't know, the FBI's and, pretty bad, too. And, well, any alphabet agency, yeah. I'm just saying they. They right. love to be collectives. They're into their collectives, so mm. I don't mind calling them they. If there's one of them, I call it they and i certainly don't call it a person it's an it that's an evil absolutely backwards garishly bad entity speaking of they if you want to weigh in on any of this stuff you're welcome to join us the number 603-283-6160 but speaking of they they are meeting right now in davos i don't know if you've been following the world economic forum situation at i try all, not Matt. to follow it i saw a very fun um you know i I don't want to put too much faith in Elon Musk mm-hmm. because, I don't know, he just seems too mainstream to be real. But the fact is, he surprises me day after day after day. What did he say now? He tweeted a, a poll with a selection of two choices, yes or no. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was something like, should the World Economic Forum be the world government? Or something like okay. that. And it was an overwhelming. It was like 86% no. no. Okay. I'm That's surprised good. that there was a four. I don't know who the, the 14% I got to imagine were trolls or absolute psychos. Maybe well, it was There's they. still some uh, big government people on Twitter. Right. Right. So the World Economic Forum is in the midst of their, I don't know if it's yearly or whatever, meeting that they have in Davos, which sounds like a place where evil people uh, would get together. It does. And it's like started, a sinister name. It, yeah, it is. And of course, the the main guy there, Klaus Schwab, is very sinister. Uh, but what has been an, uh, what has been interesting so far is that the the people from uh, Rebel News are there now. I don't know if you're familiar with this news agency. This is kind of like an independent. Maybe they're right leaning. Uh, I'm not real sure on what their politics are, but I'm going to guess they're they're right leaning. This independent group that I think started in Canada, and they were the ones that were doing like the best on the ground reporting from the trucker uh, thing oh, that happened in, in uh, that's Canada. That's what I've heard of before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had multiple people out there at different areas in Ontario and doing live streaming, and they caught all kinds of crazy stuff uh, on you know live video. So and apparently they've been around for some uh, for some time and they've got agencies or uh, bureaus, if you will, in in other parts of the world. And so they've got multiple people from other parts of the world that have come together to Davos, where they are in the streets and they're doing uh, ambush interviews of people like, well, 
the CEO of Pfizer, because apparently they're not holding this uh, meeting, this World Economic Forum, where wherever it is in, in Davos, is not in the same place where all these people are being housed or whatever. I'm, I'm guessing because they're in the streets, too. So like the CEO of Pfizer is walking from presumably his hotel or maybe he had some other meeting somewhere else and he's walking to the actual convention location. Huh. So if you're in the streets at Davos and you got a video camera, you have the opportunity to corner, or at least the best you can, because they've got security right. around them and they're not going to be cornered per se, but you get the chance to, to talk to them. They won't necessarily talk Respond back to you. you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it does result in some interesting video that has been coming out, uh, the Rebel News Canada is reporting they actually uh, put up their own website. They did this during the trucker thing too, where they will they'll launch their own URL that directs redirects over to their website. So their website is wef like World Economic Forum wefreports.com. And so that's where they're putting all of the various different videos and filings and such uh, that uh, that they're getting over there. So I just wanted to play some of this one. I'm not going to play the whole thing. The whole thing runs for six minutes. Uh, and about half of this video is them just trying to get a simple answer and asking a variety of questions of Albert Bourla, that is the CEO. This is the guy uh, behind Pfizer. Here's what they said to him on the Mr. streets. Mr. Bourla, can I ask you, when did you know that the vaccines didn't stop transmission? How long did you know that without saying it publicly? Thank you very much. I'm sorry. Answer that question. I mean, we, we now know that the vaccines didn't stop transmission, but why did you keep it secret? You said it was 100% effective, then 90%, then 80%, then 70%. <laughs> now, this guy, uh, Ezra Levant, is the founder, as I understand it, of Rebel News. He's the one asking the questions mm. here. And he's literally right next to Albert Bourla while walking down the street in Davos. The, he's got some security there. There's really, it appears, only two. There's actually another video, uh, not by Rebel News, by some other independent lady who is uh, some kind of an Asian independent journalist. Who She happens to – it's a nighttime video. She happens to encounter Klaus Schwab, huh. who is the head of the World Economic Forum. And you can tell she's just like a little Asian lady, right? Like just based on her voice. And, of course, Asian women tend to be fairly small. Mm -hmm. And uh, she seems to be all alone in like this back alley or wherever it is that she encounters Klaus Schwab and, and a few of his uh, security agents. And she does get – Schwab at first appears to blow her off. Then he turns around and asks, what media are you with? And as soon as she says, I'm an independent reporter – he walks away. He immediately like blows her off. I forget exactly what he said. He says something like, oh, blah, you know, like because he doesn't have any control there. Right. These guys have these guys have tentacles at the bigs at CNN oh, and yeah. Fox. You know, if MSNBC, it was a big they, ma mainstream media, he yeah. would have given her 30 seconds yeah. or a minute that, or whatever. He, he is able to curate the news at those places with this lady. There's no way for him to do that. No. And in fact, the uh, the mainstream media has been issuing reports about the World Economic Forum forum just doing the the t standard quote-unquote fact checking yep. where oh the conspiracy theorists say this and that and the world economic forum doesn't want to rule your life or anything you know like you that. can you can take the you know whenever the the you know mass media is is, is doing those fact checking things you can know that what you're hearing is probably the truth if the mass media is saying it's not the mm -hmm. truth it's probably the truth yeah, absolutely uh, so, of course, you know, I don't know if they're streaming this. I know that in the past they have, so it wouldn't surprise me if there's a live stream of the actual, at least some of the content of the World Economic Forum. And it's it's it was interesting last year watching some of the clips from that because they're just coming right out mm -hmm. and admitting yep. the kind of things that they want to do. Pulling it's, no punches. Right. It's not a secret anymore. And what's it like? How, how brazen do you have to be to say things like you'll own nothing and you'll like it or mm -hmm. whatever that guy That's said. That's what they said. That was 2016, and, I think. Yeah, and, and that that same guy, I think it was that same guy, has said a whole bunch of other really creepy, bad stuff in the past. Like his his laundry list of quotables, oh, yeah. is, it's really, really off the wall. And you know, I think he might have been the source of the 
the uh, the cricket diet too, or something like that. Whatever that they're pushing that. Yeah. yeah, the World Economic Forum is absolutely pushing bug eating for sure. It's one of their things. Another thing that they're pushing this year, according to reclaimthenet.org, in a story posted a few days ago, the World Economic Forum is now declaring, quote-unquote, misinformation as a top global risk. They published a report just before their annual meeting citing misinformation and disinformation among top global so-called risks in a report covering the period of the next two years and of the next decade. These days, the poorly, if at all, defined concepts of misinformation and disinformation are often used by governments and social media they influence simply as a one-size-fits-all excuse to censor information and stifle free speech, which, of course, is exactly what we've been seeing in these uh, Twitter files, uh, which – have you been following those? Uh, yes. It's, it's gotten so – it's there's so much content. I've just been like, okay, well, I've seen enough at this point. Yeah, like, th- and that's kind of where I, I, I stopped looking at it a couple weeks ago. I don't know if they've kept doing it or they not. They keep but doing it. It's, it's been not necessary for me to look at it yeah. anymore. Like, I know. I know. We knew what we, we already this, you know? knew, but yeah. this is the confirmation yeah. of what everybody was believing. Uh, you know, will it result in criminal charges for anybody? No, of course not. Go ahead, Major. Well, it's good to know I'm not a toad, though I don't remember remember getting kissed by the princess. Hey, Major. (laughs) What's on your mind tonight? (laughs) So, um, he's not quite a politician, but he's definitely a libtard mouthpiece. Old Alec Baldwin is up on charges. They're charging Mm. him with manslaughter. Yeah, Yeah. I I heard uh, he might be facing all of 18 months in prison. I think that's... That's minimum in New Mexico. He could be facing up to five years. Okay. Well, I'm facing 20 for for selling Bitcoin without a government permission slip. Oh, I, I know. I know. <laughs> the, uh, the, the redundancy does not, uh, you know, go over my head. Yeah. But uh, the other little news blip I got for you is uh, not only the oldest woman in the world, but the oldest nun ever has died in France at the age of 118. Wow. wow. That is old. She missed making 119 by only a couple, three weeks. She was born in uh, February of 04. Wow, that's amazing. So what do you think about this uh, Alec Baldwin thing, Major? Well, I think he's a damn fool. He didn't know what he was doing. He pulled back the hammer, let it slip out of his son, and killed the broad. He never should have been aiming the gun at her. They never should have had hot rounds on the set. Mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of never should have right there. Yep. And I can't believe his ass ain't been cooked already, quite frankly. And uh, I, yeah, I, I want to know what took so long. What was it, two years ago or a year and a half? A while Feels back. like a while. They've been investigating it for a year. I just heard about it this morning. What was there to investigate? Like, how how deep of an investigation did that really have to be? Alec Baldwin, Baldwin pointed a gun at somebody. One way or another, it discharged, mm-hmm. and they are dead. End of well, investigation. Let's... Let's just look at IQ factors. This is Sarah's home state. Oh, it actually happened in uh, in uh, New Mexico. New Mexico. Oh, yeah, okay. it happened in New Mexico. They were filming the movie Rust. Mm. Low budget western. Mm-hmm. Caller, you are on the air on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Hey, it's Dave in New Mexico. No, I'm just kidding. It's Olivia in Arizona. Hey, <laughs> Olivia, what's on your mind tonight? Oh man, well. I have several things to talk about. I really called to talk about an advertisement. It's actually, I called about advertisements. I love your new format. Like, the less ads has been so awesome. Um, And I'm not even a person who hates ads. Like, they're not that bad. I I find out about new things that I'm interested in. I kind of try to get, I I actually majored in marketing. So Mm -hmm. I guess to me it's slightly interesting to see, like, to learn about writing copy. And, like, hey, does this? Does this hit home for me? Would I buy this? You know, what are people's ideas? Because I always wanted to start a business. So I kind of approach it, I guess, from more of a, like an academic standpoint. So, But when it's just constantly every 15 minutes, it gets old. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but one, one place I think does advertisements really well is Instagram. Like, I like the things that they tend to focus on advertising – uh, I've I've seen some really cool stuff. I've bought things from advertising on Instagram. Um, I'm not familiar. Favorites, I have not been on that platform for some number of years. 
what is it that they do regarding advertising that is so effective? I don't know. I think that they just know what you like and what you're kind of into, okay. and they'll recommend things. So, like, they'll recommend jewelry that's, like, really cute or, like, a cute T-shirt or, um, I don't know, things, different things like that. Even mm-hmm. the even the vacation ads, like, I can't afford a vacation, but it's kind of nice to see other people enjoying them, so that's okay. Like, <laughs> just it's eye candy, I guess. So you're not I of the opinion, because there's been some discussion on Free Talk Live in recent weeks uh, regarding you know, the state of advertising. Is it something that is effective still? We're barraged constantly with advertisements, more so now than ever before uh, on the Internet. You know, It used to be you just hear it on television and radio, but now we're in front of screens uh, a lot. We're getting even more ads there. Is it overkill? Is it killing the effectiveness of advertising? You're saying you think some of it's still pretty effective well i think it depends on what it is if, if it's a if it's a creative ad with heart even a radio ad like sometimes in my head i will still hear the quantum vibe single. <laughs> i don't know why wow. and i ended up reading that comic online and it was actually pretty cool you're on free talk live uh is this Gigi? yes sir good evening hey Gigi, you're on the air go ahead hi everybody i hope you are all in good health today thank you you yes. too I love when Olivia calls. Yeah, it's been too I love long. When the major calls, because he's a military history buff like me, and mm-hmm. I I like that in the callers. So knowing how much you all value current events like me and our news junkies like me, <laughs> here is a question for all of you people listening, my fellow listeners. I won't say citizens. <laughs> I know that's a touchy word. So here's a good question. My husband and I were both talking about this prior to my calling. Is it constitutionally permitted, mandated, or is it simply custom that a former vice president hand over documents, correspondence, materials, etc.? to the Department of Justice at the time he or she will leave office? What is the correct answer, listeners? I don't really have any idea. Yeah, what do you think, Gigi? I don't either. Do you really want me to play teacher right now? Yes. Yes. Or should I? Or should I? I would imagine he's not allowed to have them in his possession, but he does. And I well, just don't know what the is not necessarily something legally mandated. Just like when many people were going ballistic, why didn't President Trump hand over his tax returns? Mm. Well, it's not legally mandated. President Gerald Ford chose not to either. So just because it's not legally mandated don't mean it ain't kosher. It's just custom. And if someone doesn't want to, why should they be forced? A libertarian would concur. For sure. Right? Okay. So was former president, excuse me, former vice president Joseph Biden, was he legally mandated to hand over documents prior or at time of his departure? Well, those aren't his property. Those those, those documents are property of the United States government. They're not his. That is correct. But that ownership of property doesn't necessarily equate to it's legally mandated. Just because you get a letter from the Department of Justice that says, hand it over, it don't mean that it's legally mandated, or does it? Where in the Constitution does it dictate that a former vice president at time of departure by a specified date must hand over any and all I suspect that is not dictated at all in the Constitution. Yeah, I, I bet that's not in the Constitution at all, anything like there it, but I bet know. it is somewhere else in a body of law somewhere. Boys, you both earned an A-plus tonight. <laughs> and well, I'm proud of you. Yeah, and the, and the fact is nothing is going to be done to him over this. I mean, they haven't even done anything to Trump over uh, that situation. Remember when Trump's house was raided oh, yes. in 2022? And do you think it was kosher that they raided his house with a warrant? No, I mean, I'm. I don't think it's generally kosher to, uh, you know, do a, a you know no knock raid or or even if they were knocking in that particular case uh, against somebody who is nonviolent, you know. 
Although you could argue Trump is as violent as any other president because he sent people to war. But that's another story. Good point. I like the way you clarified that. I mean, I don't feel so I bad about the government tearing its... If you had written that in an essay for one of my classes in history or poli-sci, you would have scored an A+. Well, I, and I got to say this. I don't feel bad. It, like, it doesn't make a tear come to my eye to see the government targeting their own people. Uh, I, go oh, ahead. Tear I yourself apart. and long overdue. You're definitely somebody who pays attention to the news when it comes to the world of guns mm-hmm. and gun freedom here in the United States. And this one is coming from thefederalist.com. Court to ATF gun grabbers, bump stocks aren't machine guns, and you don't make the rules. Mm-hmm. Apparently that's the summary here. It's the Cargill decision. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, the ATF, lacks the authority to declare non-mechanical bump stocks as so-called machine guns, according to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals this, uh, I guess, within the last couple of weeks. Yep. The decision, Cargill versus Garland, is the latest example of the court's foiling attempts by the federal bureaucracy to exercise the legislative power that the Constitution vests with Congress. But until the Supreme Court's separation of powers jurisprudence catches up with a runaway administrative state, the Cargill victory holds limited import. On October 1st, 2017, a gunman murdered more than 50 innocent people in Las Vegas, injuring another 500. The murderer used several weapons, many of which had bump stocks attached. A bump stock, as the court in Cargill explained, quote, is a firearm attachment that allows a shooter to harness the natural recoil of a semi-automatic weapon to quickly re-engage the trigger after firing, enabling him to shoot at an increased rate of speed, meaning faster than you would presumably be able to pull the trigger on your own volition, it it increases the rate beyond that. Um, and as somebody who's not even uh, near as much of a you know, fanatic as you, Matt, but I have, I've had my time spending, yeah, so I've been at the range here and there. Uh, and you don't even need a bump stock to achieve this. You can simply do it if you've got a rifle, for instance. Mm-hmm. You can simply pull the rifle forward as you hold your finger and the trigger in one place, and it will provide the exact same effect, won't it? Yeah, another way to, you know, that that's tricky to do that, but it's possible. Yeah. And the, the, the best way I know to do it, other than a bump stock, is just stick your thumb through your belt loop and hook it through the... You know, hook your finger through the trigger and pull forward on the gun, yeah. and it'll do, do have the just same. Just keep firing effect. until you stop pulling forward. Yeah, yeah, that's just a, it's literally bumping your finger off the trigger. It's called right. that's why the the bump stock kind of does it for you. But uh, the whole that whole Las Vegas shooting thing was there's. I'm gonna be the conspiracy theorist on that one. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions. That was real shaky. Like you know what we're told that guy did, and oh, there was a bump stock there. Oh, uh-huh. really? Was there? A bump stock. That's funny because I heard an M249 shooting. Yeah, and a lot uh, faster than a bump well, stock would fire. And a, right? And a, well, not it's not wasn't the speed of the of the firing. It was more the meter of the like the mm. you know not how fast it was going, but the the rhythm at which it was going mm. was familiar. You know, and it almost sounded like there was two of them. But uh, and you know, and that would make a lot more sense. And how do they? You know, those windows on those buildings are like. Two inches thick, and they weigh thousands of pounds, and it's just not something that's. There was a lot of really shady stuff about that. I don't think it happened the way we're told it happened at all, and um, how we got you know past security with all that stuff. It's Las Vegas; they have more, literally, more security, more cameras in Las sure. Vegas per square mile than like the Pentagon. Yeah, <laughs> so. It's like yeah, yeah. None of that makes makes any sense to me. But yeah, as far as the the, the court findings going going recently, the, the latest one is they're going after uh uh what do you call them arm braces. Oh, the, the arm brace is the latest one. So the ATF is a, this the thing that turns a pistol into something that's not uh, looks a little larger than a pistol or whatever. Turns it into a quote-unquote machine gun or whatever. Turns it into a short barrel rifle, they're uh-huh. saying now. Before, it was just a pistol, an AR pistol, yeah, with a, a brace on it to put on your arm so you could shoot it with one hand, like you would shoot a pistol. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really designed for uh, returning Iraq war veterans who had lost limbs and still wanted to shoot their their AR pistols. They just hmm. couldn't hold it up with the other hand, so they put a, a a device on the end where the stock would normally go. 
um, where you're not allowed to have a stock on an AR pistol because then it would turn into a short barrel rifle. The ATF has allowed these things to be sold for 10 years or more, and there's millions of them out there. And now they're suddenly saying, nope, sorry, those are all short barrel rifles. We were wrong, so turn them all in. Bump stocks were first invented in the early 2000s, soon after the ATF concluded that mechanical bump stocks qualify as machine guns under the National Firearms Act, but that non-mechanical bump stocks, which require the shooter to apply constant forward pressure with the non-shooting hand, this is what we were talking about earlier, where you can just pull the gun forward, essentially, and just keep your fingers steady, and then it'll just keep firing, uh, to apply constant forward pressure with the non-shooting hand and constant rearward pressure with the shooting hand, we're not illegal machine guns. This was in the early 2000s. They made that determination. But following the Vegas shooting, the ATF purported to modify the definition of machine gun and stated that the statutory term machine gun includes bump stock type devices. After the ATF published its final rule redefining machine guns in 2018, Michael Cargill, who had lawfully acquired two non-mechanical bump stocks, surrendered them to the ATF and then filed suit against the ATF. In his lawsuit, Cargill argued the ATF lacked authority to, quote, promulgate the final rule because its interpretation of machine gun conflicts with the unambiguous statutory definition. Among other arguments, Cargill also asserted that by defining a non-mechanical bump stock as a machine gun, the ATF unconstitutionally exercised Congress's legislative power. So basically, the ATF didn't wait for Congress to make a decision about this. They just said, well, we'll just do this on our own. And they did that. Mm-hmm. There's another very interesting case coming up that I heard about earlier this week. And uh, I'm going to be keeping an eye on this one. Get this. Some young kid, early 20s, decided that he wanted to build his AR-15 into an M-16. He wanted to make it fully automatic. It's illegal. Okay. Uh, but that that didn't stop him from applying for the stamp to the ATF okay. so that they would deny him. Mm-hmm. Now he's got a case that he's bringing against the ATF for prohibiting him from having his full battery of gun rights because he wants to. Now this brings into the question, what level of control does the ATF really have over stuff like that in light of the recent decisions against, you know, not being allowed to have parts mm-hmm. and not being, you know, you're not allowed to have certain parts and stuff like that. Right. So, uh this should be a pretty interesting. I, I love that this kid, like he's he did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. He knew what the answer was going to be, but he applied for the stamp, knowing it was going to get denied, so that he could take them to court. Does I he have this. a lawyer? Is he doing yeah. it himself? Nope. Okay. It's, it's, it's going to be a, a, a lawyered up thing. Hmm. He planned this out pretty good, though. Yes. Uh, the federal court rejected Cargill's claims following a one-day trial on appeal. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals held the ATF properly classified the non-mechanical bump stocks as machine guns. Cargill then sought review by the full Court of Appeals, and on Friday, the majority of the 16, or a recent Friday, uh, the majority of the 16 members in the en banc Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals reversed, holding the federal statutory definition of machine guns, quote, unambiguously fails to cover non-mechanical bump stocks. I wonder how many federal judges are actually under, like, threat, like some kind of veiled or Mm. open threat from some government thug-type hitmen. You know, all you got to do, you have one person that gets assassinated, and all you got to do is show one judge a picture of your latest, you know, the, a recent project you did on a guy and say, now you're going you're gonna to mind your manners in your courtroom, aren't you, judge? And the guy yeah. says, yep, sure thing, absolutely. I'm your man. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, the FBI, of course, is known for doing information gathering. Mm-hmm. They, they get a lot of publicity for the criminal people that they they go after, but there's a huge portion of the FBI, and this is according to an interview with one of their former agents that Mark Edge, our co-host, did. There's a huge chunk of the FBI that's dedicated to information gathering. It's their job to infiltrate political movements and their job to you know learn about people like Martin Luther King or uh, Aretha Franklin or all these people that they've been gathering uh, dossiers on for for years or whatever they they do that within our movement they do that within the conservatives the liberals you know the antifa uh proud boys there's all kinds of infiltration going on and these are agents whose job it isn't to necessarily set you up for something although those people exist as well Mm -hmm. it's their job to just sit there and listen yep and and take notes they're actual stasi Mm -hmm. they're literally stasi 
Nonetheless, the Cargill decision provides a small check on the ATF and its attempt to legislate by regulation and tease up this narrow issue for the Supreme Court, as three other federal circuit courts of appeal had previously upheld the ATF bump stock rule. But it could be some time before the high court delves into this issue because the Fifth Circuit left the question of an appropriate remedy to the lower court. Accordingly, until the lower court enters an injunction or otherwise declares the ATF's bump stock rule invalid, review by the Supreme Court is unlikely. Uh, Because then it would have to be the lower court that would rule it invalid and then the ATF would appeal that up, presumably to the Supreme Court. Even then, the issue may never make it to the Supreme Court if Congress acts to criminalize the possession or use of bump stocks. While that would be a defeat to Cargill and others who seek to possess bump stocks, absent a ruling that the Second Amendment guarantees a right to bump stock devices, something unlikely, it would be a victory for the constitutional separation of powers that granted Congress, not unelected bureaucrats, the power to pass laws. And, of course, there's also that uh, EPA decision that came out recently that's sort of in the same vein, Mm -hmm. the idea being that these bureaucracies cannot exceed their statutorily granted or congressionally granted so-called authority. So since we're talking about court cases, there's another one that is brewing right now, according to, let's see, is this the New York Times? Yeah, New York Times. Uh, The Supreme Court is looking at reconsidering key tenets of online speech. And this could be very, very bad. For years, giant social networks like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram have operated under two crucial tenets. The first is that platforms have the power to decide what content to keep online and what to take down, free from government oversight. The second is that websites cannot be held legally responsible for most of what their users post online, shielding companies from lawsuits over libelous speech, extremist content, and real-world harm linked to their platforms. And this is something we've discussed before. Uh, we're going to get into what it what it actually is. Uh, it's a certain section of an old law from 1996, Section 230, which protects platforms from liability for the actions of their users. And this is this is good law, right? Like this is something that should exist. It it shouldn't need to be in the law. It should just be like just the facts. I mean, it should just be like whoever says a thing is the one who's responsible for it, not the person publishing. Uh, the thing, or not the person who's who's allowing that person to say the thing. But this is what is being considered now by the Supreme Court, or potentially reconsidered, leading what could be to the most significant reset of the doctrines governing online speech since U.S. officials and courts decided to apply few regulations to the web in the 1990s. On Friday, Supreme Court is expected to discuss, uh, and this is this was posted today, so this is happening tomorrow. Uh, whether to hear two cases that challenge laws in Texas and Florida, barring online platforms from taking down certain political content. Next month, the court is scheduled to hear a case that questions Section 230, the 1996 statute that provides or that protects the platforms from liability for the content posted by their users. The cases could eventually alter the hands-off legal position that the United States has largely taken toward online speech, potentially upending the businesses of TikTok, Twitter, Snap, and Meta, which owns Facebook and Instagram. It's a moment when everything might change, said Daphne Keller, former lawyer for Google, who directs a program at Stanford in their Cyber Policy Center. Uh, These cases are part of a uh, growing global battle over how to handle harmful speech online. In recent years, as Facebook and other sites attracted billions of users and became influential communications conduits, the power they wielded came under increasing scrutiny. Questions arose over how the social networks might have unduly affected elections, genocides, wars, and political debates. Of course, now we're seeing with the Twitter files that have been coming out, all of the proof that anybody ever needed to see that indeed Twitter was working hand-in-hand with the government to restrict people's ability to uh, express themselves, for instance, on the question of COVID or not taking the vaccine, for instance. I don't know why people still use YouTube and Habits. Facebook. It's so, you know what? I've noticed in the last few months, at least the last couple months, Facebook seems to be getting really bad. Really it was bad, bad to me years ago. No, I, mean, I, I mean, it's like unusable bad. It's like, like it, broken. Every, um, like every other, every other post is an, a sponsored ad. 
from somebody, and it's just like, why? Why are we here? And if you, I have five thousand, that's frustrating. People. Uh, you know, my my friends list has been basically maxed out for many years, mm-hmm. and uh, I see posts from like the same two or three people, and that's it. And I don't know why, and they're not people that I have anything to do with. There's a lot of flat earthers. Oh God! Like, I, don't, and, I mean, a lot. And it's like, what do I have in common with these? Aren't people that I know in huh. real life? Um, there's one really annoying vegan libertarian dude in Southern California that mm-hmm. I cannot stand. They made sure they showed me every single thing he ever posts for many months on it. Are you to, following him or is he your friend or I don't something? No, we're friends on Facebook. I mean, that's it. Like we added each other mm-hmm. during probably Ron Paul 2011, 12, mm-hmm. something, you know, who knows? But I can't understand why I'm seeing, I, I did, I block, I, I like blocked him or whatever. Okay. I, I, I got rid of that guy. I can't, can't hack it. Um, but I, I can't understand, like, why aren't they showing me my friends' posts, like the people that I regularly communicate with and talk to and comment on their stuff? I don't see their posts. It's so weird. It is absolutely strange. Their algorithm is busted. Yeah. Um, it's trash. It is absolutely garbage. And it, I cannot see this going on much longer. It's not a useful tool. Well, okay, so you asked the question of why do people still use it? Why do people still use it? I mean, you're still using it, right? Even though, as you say, it is not useful. Yeah, it's not. Why? Why are you there? I, because my mom is on there. Okay, well, don't you have her phone number? Yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's a bad excuse. It really is, really is. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. She can see what I'm up to when I post on Are there still some groups that are active that are useful to you or fun? Not especially. No, there's no no more good meme groups. I know you used to be in some of the meme groups. Nah, I mean, I can get day. memes other places. I'm, yeah, a, I'm right. kind of a meme lord. So. Right. What do they, what do they do that you can't do somewhere else? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. It's just old habits. That's it, what it is. Well, the 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 draw is there's so many people there. Like that's what people always say. Yeah, but if they're not seeing my posts and what I'm not seeing theirs, right. what good are is having five thousand people on my on my friends list? That's what I was saying years ago when I finally quit Facebook, and I think it was the very beginning of 2018. So it's been like five years now. Yeah, good for you. Uh, I remember I when you did it. It was Facebook. a fantastic idea. Uh, it, but it took me some time, right? Like it took me a. It took me years to kind of wean myself off of Facebook. The first thing I did a few years prior to actually full-on quitting was I uninstalled their apps from my phone mm-hmm. because they kept on getting bigger, and then they kept adding apps. It used to be just one Facebook app, yep. and then it became Facebook Messenger and Facebook Pages and mm-hmm. Facebook Facebook. And so then there was three apps. I don't know if there's like six now. I have no idea. But at the point there was like two or three apps, I said, and I looked at the size of these things. It's one of those, the Facebook app just keeps on growing. It just keeps on like caching everything that you Mm do on your phone. It was like hundreds of megabytes. Like, I don't have room for this. It may end up be the government that kills uh, Facebook. If the Supreme Court rules to uh, overturn Section 230 of this 1996 law that essentially protects platforms from liability. Because if Facebook is now all of a sudden liable... For the things that its users post, they're just going to shut down. They're going to say, okay, well, we made our money. We're going to focus on uh, the metaverse now. Yep. And uh, we're just going to close this platform down. We might allow Fox News or uh, MSNBC to continue using this as their own platform because we trust them because we're all corporate buddies. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, you average folks, you guys are a liability. We can't just have you posting whatever you want to post and then somebody sues us over it. And the same thing will be true for YouTube. They will just get rid of absolutely anyone who isn't some sort of corporate channel, some big megatech uh, or mega media corporation. They that, should change their name at that point too. To them tube. Yep. <laughs> or something. That's actually yeah. a great way. Yeah. Great, great thing to say there. Us, but us tube. It's not YouTube anymore. No. You, you can't just go on and make your own. You know, make your own channel and put up your own content anymore. If that, if that content isn't, you know approved all right i mean they've been demonetizing people for years now and that's been a major complaint there's a channel mr guns and gear mr guns and gear is about as white bread not um not at all uh what's the word i'm looking for offensive offensive at all at all Mm -hmm. he seems like he's probably like a ninth grade math teacher Hmm. or something very boring guy but he's very into guns and he talks about the latest you know gear that's coming out and the latest guns that are coming out and he'll review them and stuff and he talks about the latest law stuff that's going on 
and he's very clinical and boring, if you ask me. Hmm. But they they didn't just demonetize him; they banned his whole channel. They, like his channel just disappeared for like three days, and wow. he posted a posted a video saying, "Hey, sorry, I was gone. I don't know where I went, guys." So uh, they brought him back. Yeah, apparently they okay. re re upped his uh, yeah. channel again. But that just goes to show you, if you're not saying the right things, then you're. You're gone. They just shut you off. Sometimes it seems like they do that. I forget there was another example of what you're talking about where some somebody's channel just got completely axed. Yeah, it's annihilated. And it's gone. And then the person sent in some sort of appeal to YouTube, and then YouTube restored the channel, just like you're describing. And it almost seemed like it was also a, a sort of a similar channel. I'm not saying it was like boring, but it was a channel that had some sort of a controversial subject, right? Right. And uh, this person got their channel restored, but it was like, well, why'd that happen? There was no explanation from uh, from YouTube. There was not... Oh, and I remember specifically, there weren't even strikes that were issued. Because normally the procedure is you get one strike, two strikes, and then the third strike, you're gone forever, right? The first and second strikes, usually you can kind of string, string it along. If you wait long enough before you post again, that strike will go away. That's what we've been doing with our channel. Is, that just seems like so much work. It, it, well, we, it's not that much work. We just don't stream there until the strike goes away, basically. How do you keep track of when the strike's going to go I'll away? I'll put it on my calendar. So Section 230 shields the online platforms from lawsuits over most content posted by their users and protects the platforms from lawsuits when they take down posts. And for years, judges cited, this is, by the way, the New York Times reporting on this, cited the law in dismissing claims against Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, ensuring the companies did not take on new legal liability with each status update, post, and viral video. Critics said the law was a get-out-of-jail-free card for the tech giants. Anne Franks, a University of Miami law professor, says, If they don't have any liability at the back end for any of the harms that are facilitated, they have basically a mandate to be as reckless as possible, she says. And so this woman wants to... Crackdown. This woman wants to have uh, liability for their assets because she knows what will happen. She knows it will destroy these businesses. Because can YouTube actually exist just using mainstream video? Is that a business model no. that's going to actually work for them? Is Absolutely that not. why why people go to YouTube is to watch CNN? You can go to CNN's site mm -hmm. and see CNN. So why do you need YouTube for that? No, YouTube Despite all the crackdowns, despite all of the stupid rule changes and all the nonsense, the demonetization is still where people go to see what other people make, to see independent creators being able to create. Which is unfortunate. People should go to Odyssey for that. They should. Uh, and hopefully Odyssey will stay in business uh, this year because they're currently under threat by the SEC. Uh, we'll update you on that as we learn more. There's a hearing this, uh, this month on January 30th to that end at federal court, which I intend to attend to report on. Uh, but the Supreme Court previously declined to hear several cases challenging this statute, the Section 230. In 2020, the court turned down a lawsuit by the families of individuals killed in terrorist attacks that said that Facebook was responsible for promoting so-called extremist content. In 2019, the court declined to hear the case of a man who said his former boyfriend sent people to harass him using the dating app Grinder. The man sued the app, saying it had a flawed product. So again, the courts refused to hear those cases. But on February 21st, the Supreme Court is planning to hear the case of Gonzalez versus Google, which was brought by the family of an American killed in Paris during an attack by followers of the Islamic State. In the lawsuit, the family says Section 230 should not shield YouTube from the claim that the video site supported terrorism when its algorithms recommended Islamic State videos to users. The suit argues that recommendations can count as their own form of content produced by the platform, removing them from the protection of Section 230. A day later, the court plans to consider a second case, Twitter versus Tomne. It deals with a related question about when platforms are legally responsible for supporting terrorism under federal law. Eric Schapner, University of Washington law professor, who's one of the lawyers representing the plaintiffs in both cases, said in an interview the arguments were narrow enough that they wouldn't change wide swaths of the Internet. He says the whole system doesn't break down, he said. But Halima Delane Prado, Google's general counsel, said in an interview that, quote, any negative ruling in this case, narrow or otherwise, is going to fundamentally change how the Internet works, since it could result in the removal of recommendation algorithms that are integral to the web. 
Twitter didn't re- uh, respond to a request for comment. Tech companies are also closely watching these uh, cases. Both states passed laws, uh, Texas and Florida, both states passed laws prohibiting social networks from taking down certain content after Twitter and Facebook barred Donald Trump following January 6, 21st so-called riot at the U.S. Capitol. In Florida, a federal judge agreed with the industry groups, ruling that the law impinged on the platform's First Amendment rights, and the U.S. Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit upheld most of that decision, but the U.S. Court of Appeals for the 5th Circuit upheld Texas's law, rejecting, quote, the idea that corporations have a freewheeling First Amendment right to censor what people say, unquote. So you've got conflicting opinions from two different circuits, right? That's that's asking for a Supreme Court yep. hearing. That's where it's headed after that. That puts the Supreme Court under pressure to step in. When federal courts offer different answers, they choose to settle the dispute, according to uh, Associate Press Professor of Cybersecurity Law. Spokesperson for the Florida Attorney General pointed to the state's filings with the Supreme Court, where it argues the ruling blocking the law strips pa- uh, states' power to protect their citizens' access to information. A spokesman for the Texas Attorney General didn't return a request for comment. If the Supreme Court's justices decide to hear the challenges, they could move to take the cases immediately for the court's term ending in June or for their next term in uh, the summer of 2024. runs from October 2023 to 2024. So these are some pretty big cases as far as freedom of speech is concerned. Um, And I think that, uh, you know, we'll see how this all turns out. Hopefully things just stay status quo as far as Section 230 is concerned, because I think it would be a real tragedy. As much as I dislike Facebook and as much as I dislike YouTube, I dislike uh, the idea that they should be held liable because that would also apply to everyone else. You cannot cheer this on. If you hate big tech, you can't just go rah, rah, take down big tech and overturn Section 230 because it would overturn any comment section on any blog, basically, because most blog comments you know, are completely unmoderated yep. and out there in the wild. And right. People say whatever they want to say. Yeah. I mean, there's a ton of comments over at free keen, which is the blog site that, uh, that I blog at sometimes. Most of the time I don't read what the, the comments say. I have no idea. There's a hundred comments on that story. I don't know what they all are. Usually it's just, you know, two or three users fighting with each other over a period of days, but I don't know what they're saying to one another. I don't know what sort of claims are being made mm-hmm. and I should not be held responsible for it. Overturning Section 230 could very well uh, could very well do that. So it would be the end of comment sections. Reddit that, that would all go oh, go away. Yeah, Reddit would would be done. Uh, any kind of user based content website is over unless it's the user's blog themselves. That's all you're going to see. You're going to see every blog is going to turn off comments. Every news website is going to turn off comments. I mean, it's already been happening to some extent on some sites where. It's just like we don't want to deal with this. You know, we don't want to have to moderate the comments. So they, or they just, just want to control the narrative, and they don't want to have a bunch of people under there disagreeing with whatever they're putting out. Yeah, I mean that's probably a, a major reason for it. But at the same time, I like I don't blame somebody for saying to themselves, "I don't just don't want to deal with the hassles. I don't want to deal with the complaints." For sure. So we'll just turn it off, and that's what's going to happen. Is if Section Two Thirty is over overturned. Uh, and, and again, they're saying that maybe this case wouldn't completely overturn Section 230, even if the Supreme Court uh, were to rule in the favor of the plaintiffs in this case and say, oh, well, YouTube, you violated the law by uh, by promoting Islamic State content. Because then Google's essentially saying, well, now we can't make recommendations of videos. Go ahead, Sarah. So it seems like we're going to be Albuquerque. They're going to be keeping the free um, bus ride program for a while. But they're going to get more security officers on the buses, and I'm I'm trying to figure out. Why, I mean, why did it take them so long to figure out they need more security officers? What you does know? that mean? So you're talking about cops? Well, I mean, they're not police, but they can't. I mean, they're security, so they could check for the tickets. If somebody's beating on each other, they could break up a fight. You mm-hmm. know. So they could. Um, so they can stop a fight, up. but they can't arrest people. I, I I have no idea what extent, but if they see a guy rubbing on somebody's butt, like when when she's walking down the aisle, they could they could get um, you know, uh, uh, cited or something. I don't know to what extent. Mm-hmm. 
But um, a lot of the bus drivers have, like, if they see a bus driver getting beat up by five kids, five teenage boys, like they have done, they could go and stop them, you know, tell you, they would have some kind of ways to, you know, intervene. Cause so, they, you know, they'd be authorized to do that. Okay, so are these guys on every bus, or is it just sort of random that they show up? Well, um, right now, they don't even have any, hardly. Okay. You're, you're lucky to see have um, any of them at the big um, Alvarado like big bus stations, but uh, they with Mayor Chavez we used to see them floating around at bus stops. We used to see them on the buses. He had put more of them out, and that got discontinued. But we have that free bus bill, right? So now they're using it as a when people steal the the buses are the getaway vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is Albuquerque. This is, this is what they use it for. So they, the part of it is to have more security, and they want to do some kind of an ID program to have to to know who is writing. So, but oh, okay. Been, so that's uh, the price of uh, that's the price of the free ride. That's the rub. Yeah, yeah, I know that is the price. I know, but it's. It's kind of like what. So, what do you think? I mean, so you're saying you want this, right? You want to have security agents on the bus. You want to have IDs being shown. You're in favor of all this? Well, you know what? I, I'm, I like the security. I've been asking for more security forever. You know what I mean? Because I get, I'm terrified to ride the bus as a woman. I mean, I've been. What, what has happened I mean, to you? I've had guys. Okay, one time I was stupid. I was wearing a short and I was wearing. Like I had some thongs on me, and I and I put, I was sitting in the back seat, and I had my leg up. Some guy sat next to me, start rubbing on my thighs. My, I should have slugged him with a bag and screamed or something, but I I I thought I would get in trouble, so I didn't do that. But these guys, they rub on women's arms. They did them that to me. They rub on girls' butts. The drunks. Uh, they they talk filthy to me at mm. bus stops. I mean, it's just horrible. And I read uh, newspaper articles where. She got on with the kids. Some guy was touching himself on the bus in the back. And then yep, the, I've heard yeah, those stories. It was on the newspaper. I, it's just awful. And then she said, I'm terrified of riding the bus for my, the safety of my children. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.